How are y'all doing? It's Aaron Nolan, host of the Get Your Shit Together Man podcast and CEO and founder of Basics. We are the world's number one elite fitness and nutrition coaching company for ambitious men all over the world that are looking to build their best body ever within only 16 weeks or less. To find out more information and see if or how you qualify to work one-on-one with Basics, please visit www.basicsbrigade.com or if you want to speak with me directly on the phone for a free 15-minute consultation to see if or how you qualify to work with us, use one of the links below. If you're listening to this on audio, it'll be the first link. If you're listening to this on YouTube and watching on YouTube, which again, you should because this is freaking fire stuff that we got going on today, use the second link in the description. So today, also make sure that you're following all my socials at Aaron Allen Fit. We got some crazy stuff. TikTok's going to be popping off. IG's going to be popping off, so on and so forth. And I'm just really grateful for everyone who supported us up to this point. Today, we have a very special guest, one of my good near and dear buddies named Steve. And I want him to kind of introduce himself. And today, we're going to be talking about a ton of things such as like music contracts out here business, finding your purpose in life, and really just prioritizing yourself as a man. That way you can excel in every other area of your life, okay? So tell the people about yourself, man. My, my name is Esteban Rodriguez, 28, here from Edinburgh. Uh, I do real estate with my brothers. I manage a steel company, and, like, you know, I'm an artist, singer, songwriter. Yeah. Well, tell the people about the singing and songwriting stuff, man, because that stuff's really good for you. Dude, yeah, I started that. I started writing songs when I was probably six, seven years old. And that was writing. And that was because my dad was, well, he was a single father at the time. We'd visit him every other weekend. Mm -hmm. So he never, it's not like he never knew what to do, but like, it was always the same routine on the weekend. So he'd pick us up Friday, Mm -hmm. bring us back Sunday. So Friday night was always Blockbuster, going to grandma's house. Blockbuster. And Saturday, we'd wake up late and we'd go to Hastings, Mm -hmm. go buy a CD rent a movie and the same thing all over so one day he took us to uh hastings when i was still around mm. and i was maybe like six or seven and i i knew nothing about songwriting or music mm. but my dad would always play the 80s music he's like a big 80s metalhead That's not awesome. metalhead but classic rock yeah so one day we go by and we went to hastings and we would always get to pick one cd like us three would have to agree on one cd to listen to in the car mm. and at that time i had a walkman too yeah so uh I remember we get into the car and he was like, today I'm picking the CD and it was a Queen album. Crazy. It was the greatest hits. I knew nothing about it. All I knew is that every CD came with a CD booklet. Mm. So we get into the car, he puts it on and then he, I remember we were still parked and he goes, listen to the words on this one. So I get the little booklet out and I'm reading it and the lyrics are there and it's Bohemian Mm. Rhapsody. Crazy. And I was like, when my dad knew all the words, obviously he was a big fan, Mm. but I remember hearing it for the first time. I was like, what the hell is that? So we go through it and then put it again, put it again, put it again. Mm-hmm. So after a while, I realized that those songs at that time were just different stories. Yeah. So I was like, I can do this. And mm-hmm. I was only like six, seven years old. Yeah, crazy. So I would start writing songs. And I remember like a couple weeks later, my fam- I was back at my mom's and my, my family had come over and I was writing songs, like not music and I wasn't adding melody, just lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I remember my, grandpa- my, my grandparents and my cousins came over one time at my old house and they found my booklet. And I, there was a song that I wrote called like Three Pieces of Gold or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was only like six or seven years old. And I remember I was so embarrassed because it felt like they were going through my diary. Yeah. And they showed everybody. They were like, oh, Crazy. look, you wrote a song. And I was like, oh, man. So I would always write songs. I went to mm. a Catholic uh, middle school writing songs. I, was, I got obsessed with Green Day, got obsessed with all that Blink-182, all that kind of stuff mm. growing up. And probably about 11 or 12, I started, my cousin would sign up for like little recitals. Yeah. So I started going there with her 
And it was kind of like singing lessons. They just showed you how to sing from your stomach. Mm. But at that time, I had already practiced all those years. I had been writing songs. Mm. So I knew back then, like, what I'm good at is writing songs. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. So I put that in my head. During class, I wouldn't pay attention. I'd get in trouble all the time because I would write music and write, like, little comic book strips. Because mm. I was always coming up with stories about something. So yeah. all, like, I was just like Queen, Kiss, Def Leppard. I was, every song had to be a story, even yeah. if I was making them up. That's good. So growing up, I did that. I, I did a little bit of the vocal lessons. And then my senior year of high school, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So we had saved up money. Usually people, when they graduate from high school, they have like a graduation party. Yeah. People come and they give you money and the, they give you cards and all this stuff. Mm. And with that money, I remember being like, you know what? All this money I have saved up, I'm going to do whatever I can mm. and go to Dallas. Yeah. And I worked with a big time producer. He didn't know who we were. Didn't know. We, usually if you work with a big producer, you got to send demos first to mm -hmm. see if you're even worth yeah. their time. So I remember we went to Dallas, me and my guitarist at the time, we drove up there, we stayed at the guy's place for like a week and a half, mm. and we recorded my first EP, and those were all songs I had written. And some of them are just songs that I make up, mm. like there's a song I have called Long Way Home, it's one of the first ones I ever wrote. And it's because I had a dream that I was in love with Miley Cyrus at the time. <laughs> so like the whole thing is just a story about me proposing to her. Crazy. But you wouldn't know if you heard the song. You'd be like, oh, no, that's a good song. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I'm like when I'm writing it and trying to find a melody for it, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm in love with this chick. She's a mm. celebrity. So the song's about a girl who goes off and, and gets caught up in the party scene. But you're so in love with her. You want her to come back. And mm. you do whatever you can to stay onto her. But you propose. It's whole, like all of them go yeah, super man. deep. I always have something... Behind every song, I have a song about white light, about one of my friends, family members passing away. I put myself in their shoes and be like, you know what? How would I feel? How would they feel hearing the song that I wrote for them? Or how would I feel if I was them and something happened to my mom or my grandma? Mm. So, yeah, that's how I do my music stuff. There's been a lot of good things that have come from my music. I've gotten publishing deals. We've played with Fall Out Boy. We've done tours. Mm. Just a whole bunch of stuff. We made a real good name for us in, here in the Valley. Yeah. Just statewide. Got the keys to the city back in like 2015, 2016. Yeah, it's been a lot of good stuff that we've done TV shows. Uh, we've played on the news. Like all that kind of, all different types of shows and, and uh, TV stuff, festivals, mm. newspapers, magazines, all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. But yeah, man, it's been, it's been cool because all that stuff is stuff that I looked forward to growing up. Mm. And all I wanted to do, like, that was my, like, man, yeah. I, all I want to do is sing, write, sing, write. And then mm. after a while, it just happened just through persistence and yeah. not really caring what people say. Or, hey, you should write like this. Or, you should write like that. I've actually, I think, pushed it back a little bit because some people would be so forceful. But I knew to myself, I didn't want to sell out. Like, if somebody yeah. told me, hey, make your stuff more Disney, make your stuff more mm. to, for, for a certain audience. I knew that I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and be like, dude, you're, you're yeah. going to sell out for for money or 100%. Well, yeah what they want like you're the one writing it you're putting your face out there and mm. even if i push stuff back and i, I one thing that I'm, I'm real big on and it, it hurts me in a, in a way because i'm real big on not procrastinating mm -hmm. but i want to over perfect it because yeah. it's my baby like all these songs are my babies basically mm. so i always want them to sound the best look the best and when i cut when they come out i want them to be awesome i don't yeah. like uh just making stuff pumping it out making stuff some people are good at that mm. and they can just pump stuff all the time but i always want it to sound and be the best it can be
That's good, man. Yeah, I'm, I kind of want to dive into staying true to yourself because yeah. it seems like that's been a big thing for you. Because mm-hmm. I know that there's a ton of roadblocks that have happened along oh, that yeah, journey. Sure. Sometimes when you tell people the the quick version, it's like, yeah, but you know, you miss out a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff. So yeah, man, there's been a lot. What were some of your three biggest roadblocks that you faced as you were doing your music career up to this point? Let's see. Um, one of the big ones is Hector, my brother, and I. This was maybe about three years ago. So we end up, we post YouTube videos, Instagram videos, mm-hmm. and one day we were getting our name out there, and I won't mention any names, but an investor found out who we were, and they wanted to put money behind us. Mm-hmm. So we met up with him at his office, everything was cool, and then they start promising like all these, they, they basically want to sign a contract and put our music into whatever we make during that contract, two years, year and a half, mm-hmm. is his. But we get complete creative control. Mm-hmm. We can do whatever we want. That's my, one of the biggest things about me is that I love creative control. Yeah. If you're going to sign me for a million dollars, but I don't get creative control, then I'm not going to sign it. Because then you're signing away with everything. You, yeah. So yeah. it's like, what's the point of even doing it if you can't? They're signing you because of you. Mm-hmm. But if you give them the creative control, now what, what are, who are they to tell you what you yeah. can and can't do? They like you because they're you. Everyone has a lane, man. Sometimes when people try to do that thing where it's like, hey, I'm good at the business stuff. Yeah. And then they try to, it's like, hey, do this with the music. It's like, yeah. it's not going to click. Like, there's a reason why you're reaching out to me to do this more so than you being the person behind the mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, yeah. And then I don't get how some of those business guys want to tell the musicians how to write. When it's like, I don't, like, you don't know nothing about this. How can you come in and tell me what to write? So, yeah, about three years ago, Hector and I got an investor. We weren't even looking for one. We were just playing shows, recording. Mm. And the guy comes in super interested in us and wanted to put down money behind us. So we say, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's do it. Let's see how it is. So he flies us out to L.A. We work with J-Lo's producer. We work mm. with one of Bieber's writers. Crazy. We're there for a whole week having a great time. We know, we know people from L.A. because I'll tell you another story later about mm-hmm. how we met up with the guys from Boys Like Girls. Nice. But this was maybe three years ago, four years ago. So uh, we get to L.A. Everything's great. We make three bangers. Yeah. Long story short. Not long story short, but we get back and we have to sign a contract. Basically stating that whatever we make within those two years, like I said, is his, mm-hmm. but we can do, he's going to fund whatever we want. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that, well, that's a, perfect. Cause I get creative control. He's funding it. And we're working with all these top producers. We had a manager at the time that was out of California mm. that he hired. So we get to, uh, we get back. Everything's good. We're playing him the music. And then I, I see like a shift where he wants to start telling us what to do because I sent him the song. It was a banger. It's called playing with fire. It's oh. out. But we have two more that we did with him that we haven't released yet. But we come back and the song's great, dude. We worked with uh, Damon Sharp. He was one of JLo's producers. Mm. And uh, we show him the song and I show him artwork. Because yeah. uh, creative control, you do what you think fits best for your music. So I show him the, the song. He loves it. The artwork, he loves it. Maybe a day later, now that he knows that I signed the contract, and it's basically him putting the money up for that. Mm-hmm. He starts getting like, hey, well, I don't like the artwork anymore. Yeah. I think you should go with something like this. And it was something like corny. Like, <laughs> what? This guy's like in his 50s, like out of touch. And I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't really go with the brand. So then there, there was a shift already. And then there's, there, you can ask Hector. We've had fights with him on speakerphone. Because after a while, he started wanting to change the name. He's like, you know what? I don't like Mayberry. How about you do... Uh, uh, 
you guys need to lie about where you're from and go take the Spanish angle. Crazy. So say you're from Mexico. El Nino's. Yeah, there. no, no. He wanted me to do, I remember he told me and Hector, you know what? Now that I'm looking at you, your name's going to be Rigo Rodrigo. And I'm like, what the heck? What the? Rigo Rodrigo, right? So we're like, what the hell? And I'm looking at him like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, why are you even thinking of that? He's like, yeah, but you guys need to have a cool backstory about how you guys came from Mexico and now you're writing songs. And I'm like, dude, that's a complete lie. Like, that's a lie. Like, I did not even come from Mexico. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought we were just making music and you're funny and not making up a whole backstory for me. So he's like, you know what? Let's sleep it off. We'll talk next week again. Let's get back on the phone call. And then I'm like, all right, I guess. And he was crossing his fingers that you were saying, Rigo. Yeah, Rigo, well, he Rigo. thought I was going to simp and give in and be like, you know what? Yes, yes. Whatever you say, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh -huh. But I knew, like, dude, there's no way I'm going to be Rigo Rodrigo. Like, there's some people who would have just taken the money and be like, I'll do whatever you want. Exactly. Let's do it. You're funny. Mm -hmm. But me, I was like, dude, I can't look at myself in the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm lying to everybody. Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Next week comes again, me and Hector get on the speakerphone with him. Mm. And he starts saying, ah, there's something about your band name. I don't, I don't like it. And I'm like, well, the band name doesn't really matter. Like, Mayberry is just a neutral name. I want people to think about it and be like, whoa, I don't know what it means, but let me check them out. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Instead of me naming it something like, I set my friends on fire, <laughs> people would hear that and be like, I don't even want to listen to it because yeah. I'm sure it's something crazy. Mm -hmm. And me, it's more like, whoa, I wonder if it's Spanish. I wonder if English, pop or rock. Or, mm -hmm. It's still interesting to listen to. And yeah. it's just a name. It's a one word thing. Simple, easy. Mm -hmm. I'll let the music speak for itself. I don't need a crazy band name. And this guy was like, oh, well, you got to do this. I need you guys to really think about names you guys want to give yourself, stage names. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm, Esteban's fine with me. Like, yeah. That's my name. That's who I am. No, I think I, I still see you and I see Rodrigo and your brother. <laughs> That's a racist brother. Yeah, he was like, what? Rodrigo, what? So then he was like, yeah, you guys, maybe the Rodrigo brothers. Or, and I'm like, Crazy. dude, like what? So we end up sending him playing with fire. Uh, he hears it again. But then this guy had connect like I'm not gonna lie, this guy had crazy connections because he yeah. got us our manager in LA. He hooked us up with all these crazy producers through the manager in LA. Mm. So he goes, hey, uh, I've got connections with Disney. I have a girl that I'm also helping out. And right now she's making about 50K a month because mm -hmm. she's a star on, on a Disney Channel show. Yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. Like, and then he's like, so what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to be on Disney. That song playing with fire, which I have some references to sex in the song. Mm. He goes, let's change it around so that uh, we can pitch it to like the Disney audience. And I'm like, dude, I'm 25 years old. What I want to be pitching to... 12 year old kids like what so i'm like well okay well let me think about it no 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 well do you have a producer down there that maybe he can switch out some of the lyrics i want you guys to be more disney focused like focus on the kids that's where the money is at mm. and in my head it makes sense like yeah let's go after the kids let's be like a big time rush or what but then i'm like dude that's not who i'm writing for like mm. I, don't, I don't care about not that i don't care but i don't care about being mainstream disney like yeah. that's not what i signed up for so I'm like, nah, it's not going to happen. So everything he was telling me, I was always like, nope, 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 nope. Change your name, no. Change the song, no. Mm -hmm. Change your artwork. Nah, I like this one. So it was always conflict. So then at the end, I kind of just got tired. And I was like, you know what? This contract's for two years. It's going to be a big blow because I'm still young. And those two years, I could be doing so much. Even though I wrote a lot in the two years. Mm -hmm. 
but I knew I had to, the only way, I had already signed the contract. So the only way out was to wait out the two years. Crazy. As hard as that is, because music is my passion. Mm. So I'm like, damn, like if I go right out of the studio and write a banger, no matter what I think or whatever, whatever he thinks, it's his. Yeah. Like this is all, everything in these two years are, is his. I get you. So I was like, the only way I can take a stand basically is not, is not do anything for yeah. two years. So that's what I did. That was a really big hardship because that's what I love playing shows. Mm. And I knew if any angle I took, like, hey, I'm going to go play a show, but I'm not writing music. He would, hey, he how would much did you get like paid for the show? Give me, like, I own. So I, I, I just knew that was a hard decision I had to face. Like, man, I got to give up two years. I signed the contract. Mm. It was worth it because the songs we have are awesome. They're mine. Yeah. But I knew, like, stepping away for two years at 25 and when that's all I'm, that's what I'm great at is writing and recording. So being yeah. able to just take that step back instead of selling out for money mm. or something you don't want to do. Like, so I feel like so many people would be like, you know what? I'll do whatever you say. Like, as long as I'm getting paid, put me a Disney star, mm. change my answer to the deal. But I knew deep down, like, I can't look at my family and my friends and be like, yeah, dude, I'm, this is all an yeah. act. I hate the music I'm recording. I hate the music I'm singing. Mm. I can't even tell people my real name. Like, I knew it wasn't worth the money that they were going to give me for it. Mm. So I decided to walk away for two years. Yeah. That's what I did. And during those two years, it was hard, dude, because all I was doing was working, writing, but I wasn't performing. I wasn't shooting videos because I had to step away for a little bit. And, and during those two years, to yourself, man, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because anything that you wrote in his head, he owned. Anything right? I put out was his. Okay. So I had to make that that step and and uh, and not record. Not I would still record, but I wouldn't. I couldn't put anything out. So I knew, hey, when two years is up, I got to get back into it full force. Mm-hmm. And during those two years, man, I was up and down, sad. I gained a whole bunch of weight, bro. I went up to two sixty was Crazy, my heaviest. Man. Let's talk a little bit about that, man, in terms of yeah. like, because obviously when you had the highs, you can't really have the highs without the lows. So let's oh, talk yeah. about some of the lows, man. Once you were at 260, like, how did that feel? Uh, 260, it was, it was, uh, it was cool because I was eating whatever I want. At yeah. that time, the addiction was emotional eating. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to, there's some people who could turn to alcohol, some that turn to drugs. Mine was food. Since I was right. a kid, I've been soup, me and my brother, Carlos, we're addicted to food. Like any mm. little thing, we feel sad for the day, let's eat. Mm. We feel depressed, let's eat. We're pissed, we're gonna go eat. Mm. And we always had food at our fingertips. So there's yeah. cereal, there's milk. So growing up, that's all I would do. Like after school, just eat. Wouldn't work out, mm. wouldn't do anything else. So dur- during those two years, man, that's all I did. I wasn't a huge, during high school and after high school, I wasn't ever a big drinker. But when I would drink, I would overdo it. Cause yeah. just like eating, like, Anything I would eat, I would overeat. So I, I had control issues and still, I still struggle with that sometimes where I can't touch alcohol. But if I, because I know if I do some, I, it could lead to me overdoing it and getting too drunk. And I'm like, dude, why did I do that? Yeah. So in, during those two years, I was with a, a, a girlfriend at the time. She stayed with me through the whole thing. Mm. I was at 175, 180, 190, 260 in Crazy. three months. Yeah. Just eating and eating, and that was bad. Cause mm. at that time I was so self-conscious of all the gain, the weight that I had gained. Yeah. I wouldn't go to stores. I was a recluse. I wouldn't do anything because I was embarrassed to go out and people see me and be like, "Dude, did you just put on like 80 pounds?" Yeah. So that was always hard for me to 
to like man and, and it, I knew it would affect my girlfriend at the time because she's so used to us going out to eat every week mm. going to the mall going to do stuff and then from one day to the next well not one day but from one month to the next I don't want to go out to eat I'm embarrassed of how I look mm. I don't want to go to the mall I don't want to walk around I don't want her to the worst part was I hated when she took pictures of me because mm. I knew all she wanted was to post me like she was in love with me no matter how I looked yeah but I didn't love myself, didn't like the way I looked. Mm. So I would be like, don't, don't post that, don't post that. And she'd be like, what, it's Man Crush Monday or whatever. Let me post you. No, 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 here. I'd send her an old picture. I'm like, post that one, don't, don't post me right That's now. That's real, man. It's like, why? It was, I like the way you look. But she would see me every day that to her, I looked the same. Yeah. But if we look back at a photo from two months ago, like, oh, dang, you did it anyway. But she would never say that to me. But everybody else, my brothers are, are w real with me on that level. We're like, dude, you gained a lot of weight, bro. Like, look mm -hmm. at this picture. You look fat. Straight up, just tell me. Yeah. It's, it's better to know the truth than somebody lie to you and you keep gaining weight. Like, dude, you look good, bro. You look good like that. Like, dude. Be honest look, with Yeah, you. like, you look like shit. And my brothers are super honest with me like that. Like, dude, you look bloated or you look fat. Mm -hmm. So during that time, I was super self-conscious of how I looked. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was so scared of... I hated getting a notification that my girlfriend at the time posted because I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, she posted a picture of me. Like, yeah. And then I hated being the guy to text her and be like, can you delete the photo? Yeah. Like, she went, what? I just made a super long, nice post about you mm. and how much I'm in love with you. And you want me to delete it? I already have 100 likes. Or I already have 20 comments on it. And I'd be like, I hate the way I look. Please, please, please. So, oh, my God. So I feel bad that I was always that type. Tell my mom, hey, don't post any family po pictures of me right now. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, don't take no selfies. Like, I don't want no selfies. I'd see somebody yeah. who knew Mayberry at a store, and I'd cringe because I knew that they were going to want a picture. And I'm like, damn, like, they're going to post this, and everybody's going to yeah. see me and be like, dude, what? You gained weight? Are you depressed? Are you okay? So everywhere I'd go, that's why I was like, man, I can't go anywhere because, well, here in Edinburgh, most of the time we go somewhere and people know who me and Hector are just because of the mm. band stuff and then even if it's business stuff. So every time we go out, even now when we go out on weekends, people know who we are. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I wouldn't go out because I hated the way I looked and I was so unhappy with myself mm. that I knew if, if somebody saw me, they were going to want a picture with me. Yeah. And then in my head, I overthink. and I'm like, everybody's going to see that picture. They're going to share it. They're going to message it to their friends. Be like, look how downhill this guy went. Like I would... Thinking what, that yeah. far ahead, like, oh, they're going to be telling each other, look at how this guy looks, let's make fun of him, let's post him, let's make fake Twitter accounts and post how fat he is now. Crazy. So I just wouldn't go out at all. And mm -hmm. that just led to worse, worse, worse. I was never a big drinker, just sometimes. But then after a while, you would get so sad that you're just like, man, like, let me go out to eat with my girlfriend. Fine, I'll go. Mm -hmm. And I'll order a margarita. She gets a drink. And then after a while, I'm like six margaritas in. Because I'm so self... And then once you drink that much, you're like, I don't really care no more. Just keep on going. Keep yeah, on just going. keep going. Like, I look mm. fine. And you tell myself because you're drunk. And yeah. you, all you want to do is drink so that you don't feel the paranoia and the nervousness mm. and the insecurity. So that's what I would do. I would, Whenever I felt down or insecure, I would eat or drink. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't a huge drinker. I would do it sometimes. But like I said, I would just overdo it just so that I would feel okay about how I looked. Yeah. But yeah. That's crazy, man. And to get to where you are now, man, let's talk about some of the things that you got from when you were at that point. Because a lot of the guys listening to this right now, they're, they're stuck. They have bad habits. They have uh, just, just things going on inside their head that 
you and I have both dealt with. You yeah. know, so when I was 220 pounds, I was taking five different prescription medications for my mental health. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I was. I, I never told you to get. Thank, thankfully, we're recording now. We, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So I was taking five prescription medications for depression, generalized anxiety, and uh, like suspected ADHD. But the funny part about the ADHD part, man, is that I never got officially diagnosed mm. because there was a test scheduled, right? So the funny yeah. part is that there was a test I had to go take, and one of the symptoms for ADHD is missing appointments. Yeah. So then I missed the appointment. And they're like, oh, wait, we can't diagnose you for ADHD. I'm like, bro, that shit fucking... Like, <laughs> I know, like, because, what? I got it for sure. Like, that's like the... That's, this motherfucker needs it more than anyone else kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, dude. So I ended up... Uh, I was taking all these medications, bro. And then when the pandemic hit, I was doing private personal training. Oh, and man. then... Or actually, I was doing private personal training up until the pandemic. Because mm. obviously, you can't go to people's houses. Yeah, yeah. So then I had to figure out a way to kind of transition into the online space just to put some money in my pocket kind of thing. How did those uh, medif- medicines make you feel? Terrible, bro. I was numb all the time. Really? Yeah. Because the thing is, initially, you think it's a good idea, but the thing is, I was at a point where it's like I had to choose one or the other. Mm. One of them was literally ending it. I was in the down, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was either I'd do that or I'd go ask for help. Thankfully, I asked for help. So I, went to, I just told and my mom. And what pushed you to go ask for help? What was the breaking point where you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I need to do something about it. Family, bro. Because the thing is, once you get to that point as a man, it's like where you realize that your life is much bigger than what you make it out to be mm-hmm. and you're responsible for other people or it's like, man, if I, cause this is, I had a conversation, I had many conversations like this and what I always came down to is like, if I end it, I don't just end the pain. My mother loses her son. Yeah. My stepbrother, my, my stepbrother loses his stepbrother. Uh, my brother loses his brother. My dad loses his son. Mm-hmm. I'm not like doing anything by ending it myself. You're being, I'm just transferring yeah. my pain over to everyone else in my life that loves me. So once I realized, like, oh, so there's really no way to end the pain because I just transferred over to other people that love me. So then once I came to that realization, I was like, okay, well, what can I do with this pain? And then I started realizing, oh, you can just transfer energy over to other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And then once I was like, oh, so you're telling me I can just, like, think about what hurts and work hard (laughs) and then I can get results? Mm -hmm. Like, fuck, man, I got a whole bunch of fuel at this point because it's like a lot of people out here, they think that in order to take action and make the steps necessary to change your life, Things have to be perfect. There's a lot of people out here that want to be happy and then take action. There's a lot of people out here, even in the self-development state, mm-hmm. in the self-development world. Bro, I got to meditate two times a day. I got to fucking ice bath all the time. I got to do all these things. And then I can take action without yeah. realizing, like, bro, you can take action from where you are right now as you are and yeah. be fine. Because sometimes some, some of those things are like mental masturbation. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, bro, I, I'm, I'm hustling hard. I promise. I'm watching some Gary Vee on the internet. Uh, it's like, yeah, but how much, how many hours of work did you put in today? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, I'm going hard, bro. It's like, cool, man, but what, what you make? What'd you do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's just one of those things, man, when it comes down to mental health, it's really important to uh, not just like to, to keep on talking about the problems, mm-hmm. but to be solution oriented. Yeah. So where a lot of people go wrong with mental health, it's like, yeah, I have depression. Yeah, I have this issue. Yeah, this happened to me when I was a kid. And then they go to therapy just to find more problems. Yeah. But it's like, no, you, you know the problems. You know what's wrong. Like, you know you're fucked up in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it simply, go yeah. find the solution. Yeah. And the solution is just also hard, is to find what, how you can serve other people and taking care of yourself in the process. Yeah. And, and sure. one thing that you really have to do, if you really want to change and be a better person overall, is mm-hmm. like my dad always said, you got to flip the switch. Yeah. You can't, nothing's going to happen unless you really want it to happen. 100%. You can say, you know what, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get the girl of my dreams or I'm going to start eating the gym or I'm going to start writing songs. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to happen until you flip in and be like, you know what, I'm going to do it right now. Exactly. Like instead of being like, you know what, tomorrow for sure, I'm going to start hitting the gym. Because I know a lot of people and I never judge anybody because everybody goes through shit all the time. Mm. 
But I know people who they'll do the hey bro, dang, you I can't believe you wrote this or I can't believe my girlfriend will listen to you on the on the on Spotify or hey man, I'm motivated by you losing weight and fasting. Like I'm gonna start yeah. tomorrow for sure. And I'm like start like if you really want to do it you'll start right now and you don't have to say you just have to start showing that you're doing it mm-hmm. instead of always talking about it because i've been everybody's been there we're all human where you yeah. just talk about stuff that's not gonna happen or that's not going on you start lying to yourself like you know what tomorrow i'm gonna start hitting the gym tomorrow i'll start doing cardio yeah so like my dad like my dad always said you got to be able to flip the switch and be like, you know what enough like yeah. i'm starting right now mm-hmm. like throwing with the bad food away I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do cardio no matter what it takes. Because mm-hmm. you've got to be able to put it all on the line. Exactly. But yeah, man. That's just what it is, man. It's about going all in. When you're a man and you're, you're giving something 50%, you're going to feel more dissatisfied by not giving it 100% yeah. than you will with the pain of possibly failing. So mm-hmm. there's this quote that I love. It says, uh, regret, regret, or what is it? Discipline weighs ounces. Regret, wait, regret weighs tons. Oh, shit. So it's crazy when you think it's about true, it that man. way. It's like, hey, is it going to suck to wake up early in the morning? Yeah, it's, it's probably going to suck a little bit. Yeah. Is it going to suck to work out hard and push yourself and eat the right food? Yeah, it's going to suck. But like, it's going to suck even more looking back 10 years from now and asking yourself the two words that will ruin anyone's life. And I don't care who you are. It's the words, what if. Yeah. You always ask yourself, man, what if I would have went harder? What if when I was 25 or when I was 20, mm-hmm. I would have went, went hard? And I always right. tell people, man, this is my fucking secret. Everyone always asks me, how, how do you do this? How do you do this? You have to have such a strong vision to where your present moment feels like a memory. Yeah, and then when you can actively live in the present, like you're, like it's your memory, and you're leading up to that point in your head, mm-hmm. life will fucking mold itself around where you're going. Yeah, man, it's true. So, I'm big in visualization and manifesting things, mm-hmm. and I think the same thing. Like I would tell, visualize how it's gonna feel when this when I'm weighing 180 pounds. Me being at 260, like there's so many people who are like, I'm already at 260. Like I'm not. There's no way I'm gonna get down. Yeah. So why even try? As much mm-hmm. as they want to, you got to really want it. There's we'll people that, that say, man. hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a musician. We'll write something. No, well, I'll start next time. You got to be, if, you, if you're passionate about it, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like me right now, the one thing I really need to start putting more focus on, but I'm also busy all day. And that's mm-hmm. an excuse. And I don't like excuses. And yeah. neither do my brothers or my dad. Like we're big on no excuses. Like just mm-hmm. get it done. But I need to put more music out, more videos focus on my YouTube channel. But like I said, there's people who always ask me for advice. I'll get DMs all the time asking, hey, I want to start a band. I want to be a musician. Where do I start? I'm like, dude, just start. Like learn how, there's YouTube, learn how to do it and just start doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I want to start playing shows in front of Like, dude, master your craft first, get those 10,000 hours in and start pushing, hustling it, practicing it. And after a while, you know you're good when you've yeah. done it for a long time. Exactly. So you don't have to be insecure about it. Because I've never gotten on stage and been like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. Because once you put in that much time and you know you're good, the confidence comes exactly. with it. So you get on stage and you act like you've done it a million times, mm-hmm. which we have. Yeah. But that's the only way to get good at something and to be confident. Nobody's going to believe you if you're not confident about exactly, it. Exactly, dude. Like, you don't want to walk on stage and be, oh, my God, be shaking and scared. Mm. And I'm one of the most introverted people that you might ever meet because I, mm. I literally get home, talk to my brothers, and if I don't have anything to do, I'm with my dog. We're walking around, going yeah, to the gym. Yeah. Head, you see me, headphones on. Just kicking Not back. talking to anybody, just doing cardio, get in my car, come home. Mm. But when I'm on stage and that's my element and I know that I'm good at it, 
looks like I'm the most extroverted dude in the world because I'm rocking out, I'm making people sing, I'm talking to the crowd. Mm -hmm. So you got to be able to, whatever you guys want to do, practice it, put the time in and you'll naturally become confident in it. And you won't have to be, you won't be insecure. You won't be like, oh man, how do I look here? How do I, because I knew, I I know that I look like a rock star when I'm on stage. Yeah, man. Because I, I practice it. We go over it a hundred times. We pretend we're in front of a crowd when we practice. We go over until everything's hundred percent. Like when I make my cover videos now, mm-hmm. like we get in there, we do it in one shoot, and we're done. Yeah. Like I don't need to be. Oh, how did I sound here? Because I know that I sound not good. Be yeah. cocky, but I know I sound good, and I know the song's gonna be good. I know. When I put it out, everybody's going to share it. Yeah. And not in an arrogant way, but in a confident way. Like you people be like, that. Yeah. like me because of my music. So when I put out the music, they're going to like it. Exactly. But yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, man, because last year I paid $7,500 to learn this one piece of advice that changed everything for me regarding developing confidence. And it was that confidence comes from competence, which I'm glad that you mentioned mm-hmm. that because the better that you are at something, the more confident that you're going to be. I'm not a fan of these guys out here channeling, acting like a acting as if kind of thing. That's yeah, if you're yeah. good. When you know you suck, yeah. Like if, if you're acting like you're you're something, like you're gonna feel like a fraud, just like you were talking about earlier, yeah. With with some of the things that people are trying to make you do, so it's like it's really important to understand that if you actually want to be confident at whatever area in life that you want to be in, you got to get good at that area. Because the thing is, confidence isn't universal. You can have you can be self assured as a person, mm-hmm. but confidence isn't universal. Because if you put me in the gym, I'll be be very confident. You put me in front of a podcast, Mike, I'll be very confident. You put me in front of a paintbrush, I'm not gonna be very confident because yeah, yeah. my competence isn't there. Yeah, you know what I mean. That makes a lot of sense, man. But yeah, I know that there's a lot of people that are, are watching this and they need that little push and motivation. Like, well, it's because I can't go to the gym. I feel so insecure. Just start working out at home, get better, and then go to the gym. And after a while, you're going to be confident. Like this t- a year and a half ago, I'd be so not scared, but I'd be so uh, uh, nervous to walk into a gym. Yeah. And now I walk in like, like I know what I'm doing. I've already dropped the weight. Like I, I'm, I don't need to impress nobody mm-hmm. as long as i impress myself that's all i care about because yeah. if i tell myself you got to do this like this week i told myself sunday you're gonna fast this week mm-hmm. and you're gonna do it till thursday no excuses i don't have to tell anybody i'll tell my brothers like hey i'm gonna do accountability this. kind of thing yeah. accountability I, I tell my because i know if i cheat on wednesday or tuesday i let myself down yeah. that's one of the biggest things that i hate doing is letting myself down Mm-hmm. because then I, I'm building no confidence. 100%. Like, and then after letting myself down, you either lie that you're still fasting. If I tell my yeah, I'm still, I'm still fasting, knowing that you ate the night before, or once you break it, you tell your brothers, like, dude, you said that you were going to do it till Thursday and you exactly. broke on a Tuesday. Like you're building no confidence with that. So now I've told myself, Hey, doing it till Thursday. Yesterday I did it. Extend it another day. Cause I feel great. But it's like anything else. Like it, once you set your mind to something and you tell yourself, hey, I'm going to do this, don't let yourself down. Yeah. Because that's the worst. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to believe in you exactly. at all. Like what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, person so, who, the person who wins those three things, they outwork everybody else that they're competing with. They outlast everybody, meaning when you give up at two years, I'm going to go for 10. Yeah. And they outimprove everybody else at a faster rate. Yeah. So when you can understand that if you just outwork, outlast, and outimprove everybody else that you're competing with, in every area of your life, you're going to fucking win, no yeah. matter what. That's so, true, man. Let's talk about the mindset, man. I know you're really big into manifestation, visualization, so on and so forth. Some guys here, they want to manifest a girl. Some guys want to manifest more money. Some guys want to manifest some kind of character trait, if that makes sense. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the methods that you've used in the past to make the life that you live today. Yeah. Uh, visualization is a big one. And that was pounded into my head by, again, my dad. Yeah. 
back when I was maybe seven or eight years old, we would go at the Parks and Rec, and my dad was always our coach mm-hmm. for, like, our teams. We had the Pistocacho brothers who were on yeah. our teams. We, we all grew up together. Cool. But my dad would tell us, he knew I sucked at basketball. Like, I, oh, I sucked at all the sports. I never made anything in high school. I tried as much as I could. But my dad would tell me, like, at seven, eight years old, hey, I know all you want to do is make one basket. And that was always my thing. Like, if I could just score once, I can show everybody that I can shoot and all this. And he would just be like, this is what you have to do. We're going to, on the drive over there, nobody's going to talk. Or I'm going to put on the final countdown on that song. Yeah. I just want you to close your eyes and visualize you making the basket and how it's going to feel. That's awesome. So then I would be like, oh, man. And, and the first couple times, I didn't do it. I would just close my eyes and nap till we got yeah. there. But then I, I would suck. I'd be benched. And then one time we're on our way, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. Mm-hmm. So I go. We're getting there. I visualize me making the basket or a layup or something. And we get to the Parks and Rec, and that game... I made the basket, and I remember being like, holy shit, this shit's real, and that could have been a whatever thing, but after a while, my dad started pounding the secret into us, so we were like, oh shit, yeah, so we started watching the secret, my dad would read it to us, and I've always used the law of attraction in anything I do, it could be law of attraction, or some people just think it's prayer, like you're praying to somebody, like I want this, I want this. But I would, I never said, I want this. I would always be like, I'm going to have this. Exactly. I, I want to feel this. I want to, I'm going to have this. So all my life growing up, I've done that through my awesome. music career, business, anything. My Bronco, like even my Bronco. Yeah. Like I, I told myself in 2019, I'm getting a Bronco. I got hit by a drunk driver in 2019. And I said, you know what? They completely ruined my Jeep. And I said, you know what? I'm not even going to get a newer car. I'm, I'll, I'll be getting a Bronco in 2021. Good. In 2021, I ended up getting a Bronco. I ordered it like in 2019, praying that it was going to I didn't even think it was a real thing. Mm-hmm. At the time, you could like customize it and shit. Yeah. And I was like, nah. But I would always tell my brothers like, watch, I'm going to have a Bronco, I'm going to have a Bronco. And even if it's materialistic, that's not even that important. But just mm-hmm. telling myself that I'm going to have it and visualizing me driving the Bronco, yeah, it comes true. Same with the publishing deal. Same with one of the craziest stories is back when... Uh, I don't know if you heard the band Boys Like Girls. Yeah. Yeah, so one time they played at the State Farm Arena. I was working. I was maybe like, what, 18? I was probably like 18 years old. And Hector wasn't even in the band yet. He was mm-hmm. still, I think he was like, if I was 18, Hector was, what, 16? 15, yeah. So one day we're there. We're at the house. I mean, I'm at work. And Boys Like Girls is playing that night at 7 p.m. Yeah. Mayberry, I had already done an EP. We had played some local shows. But I've always been this guy where I know I would like me right now. If I said Aaron would love my music, I know that you would love it. Mm-hmm. If I show him my new stuff, I know it's good. You're gonna like it. Yeah. So I was just so confident in my writing and my music back then. I was like, dude, Boys Like Girls is coming tonight, State Farm Arena. I need to figure out a way to get them a CD, one of yeah. my CDs. And that's so far fetched. Like exactly. they're playing in Hidalgo. I'm at work. Till mm. five o'clock. So it was gonna be my girlfriend at the time, me and Hector going to a show. And it was at seven o'clock, State Farm Arena. Not a State Farm, Dodge Arena at the time. So Boys Like Girls was playing. I remember it was like eleven o'clock, and all I was thinking that whole day was, dude, if they just hear this album, they would love it. Yeah. Something would happen. So I'm like, I gotta figure out a way to do it. I gotta figure out a way to do it. 
So lunchtime comes at my job. I get, I get to be able to go to lunch. And I'm thinking like, dude, if I go right now to Hidalgo, there's no way I'll be back within the hour. And I'm, yeah. get, and I'm running the possibility of me driving all the way over there. And they're not even there yet. Like mm-hmm. usually these bands fly in at six. They have people sound check for them. And then they do their set bounce. Yeah. So I'm like, how can I get my, my, uh, my EP or my album for them to hear it? It just has to get in there. If they hear it once, they'll love what they hear. Exactly. So I, all day I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So at like one o'clock, I call my mom and I say, hey, can you do me the biggest favor? She's like, what? I'm like, can you go to Hidalgo and see if boys like girls are there and give them a CD? And, like, in her head, she's like, dude, you're crazy. Like, why would I drive all the way over there them, and them not even be there? I'm like, exactly. they're not going to be there at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, mom, trust Get me. The feeling, They'll yeah. Be the, yeah, I'm like, trust me. They're going to be there. I just need them to hear one song off this thing. Even if they don't get a CD, if you could just show it to them on the headphones or something. Yeah. And mom's like, dude, you're nuts. Like, there's no way we're driving all the way over there. What if they're not even there? They probably get there at, like, 6 o'clock. So I'm, I'm freaking out. At work, that's all I could think about. I was like, man, I need to make this happen. This is going to happen. I just got to figure out a way to make it happen. So then I call Hector and ask him, like, hey, dude, I need you guys to go. And then Hector's like, they're probably not even there. Like, it's only like 3 o'clock, dude. Yeah. Like, why would they be at the arena already if they play at 9 p.m.? 100%. So I keep telling myself, it's, I know that they're there. Let's wait a little bit. Let's see what happens. My mom's like, they're, they're going to get mad at you at, at your job if you just get up and leave. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I'm like, just trust me. I'll pay you guys to go. Yeah. And my mom's like, no, I, you don't need to pay us, but it just sounds too, too good to be true. So I'm like, all mm-hmm. right. So I wait a little bit more. I call Hector again. Bro, yeah. can you just go to the State Farm Marine or Dodge Arena? I don't think Hector was driving at the time either. Or maybe mm-hmm. he was. But I ask him, hey, please, bro, just take him one EP. Like, that's it. And then Hector's telling me, like, bro, they're probably not there. And I'm like, maybe they are. I'm like, I'm trying to look at it in a good way. Yeah. Like, and what if they are? Like, and they get the EP. And what if they hear it and they want to find me out? And all these connections will be made. So I had been asking all day. And you know what? My mom's like, you know what? Fine. Me and Hector will go. Mm-hmm. And it's only like 4 o'clock or something. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, my God. Please, please. So I'm just praying. And I'm, hoping, I'm like, they're going to be there. Like, they're going to be They have to be there. Exactly. So I, they go. I don't hear from them. And then... Hector calls me like an hour later. It's like, bro, they were there. They were all working out by the tour bus. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, did you give them the CD? Yeah, they got it. They said they were going to check it out. I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah, I met them. They were all badass. I was like, oh, sweet. So I felt like my day was made. Yeah. Like, even if they didn't say anything back, like, they got the CD. Everything I pictured that day happening happened. Mm-hmm. So Hector comes back home. He shows me a picture. Like, yeah, they were cool. They were working out. They were by their tour bus. I was like, sweet. I was like, are you sure they got the CD in their hands? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, they got it. So they listen to it whenever they get a chance. I'm like, all right, cool. We go to the show. The show's awesome. Those guys are great. I've been seeing them since I was 12 years old. That's awesome. I remember watching them at the BFW McCallum. So no, so the show comes and goes, and I'm telling myself now I'm switching the mentality to. Now they're going to listen to it. Exactly. Now I need to, like, I, I shift my focus from, hey, I need to make this happen. I, they need a CD to, now they got to listen to it. They're about yeah. to, they're going to listen to it and love it. They're going to exactly. listen to it. Telling it. myself over and over and over all day, like, mm. telling my, like, I would trick myself into being like, dude, they're going to hear it, listen to it, and message me. Watch, yeah. watch, watch. I remember on the CD, I made sure to write my Twitter handle. I wasn't verified at the time. My Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. My phone number, my email. Everything, yeah. And then I was 
like before I go to sleep, you know how sometimes you sit there like for 20 minutes in the dark and you're just thinking of stuff that you want to happen and you're like, exactly. how would it feel if this happened? And I remember for two weeks I was looking up and be like, dude, if they hit me up, like days, get my year's going to be made. So sure enough, two weeks later, dude, I get a DM on Twitter. It's the guys from Boys Like Girls. Hey man, we heard your CD. Would love to record and work with you. Let's fly out to Boston. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. And I'm only like 20 at the time. So there I go. Two weeks later, two weeks before, I was dreaming of working with these guys. And maybe four weeks later, I'm in a hotel room with them, writing music with the guys that I grew up idolizing or worshiping. Yeah. Because, dude, boys, like I've been watching them 12 years old, Warp Tour, Warp Tour, Warp Tour, and then shows here that you go. So now, I fast forward and I'm working with them. And then fast forward another year, and we're all best friends. Yeah. Like me, Hector, the guys from Boys and Girls, barbecuing, going to their house in L.A., flying to the one in Chicago, and Boston. I mean, mm. so yeah, dude, I've, I've always been huge on that. And during that time, too, I was like, man, I wonder what would happen or how it would feel if I got my song published. Yeah. And that's also another lesson I learned in the music industry is that you really have to be able to control your music and know what you're doing. Because let's just say if I was a, a, a label head or a label owner and I said, you know what, Aaron, I love your podcast content. I'll give you 20 grand, but anything you do is mine. You would be like, or anybody, at, if they're just starting out, be like, dude, 20 grand? Hell yeah. Not, not knowing all the money you could make, but anything that you could make is there. So that's how they get these young, hungry artists. They'll be like, hey, you know what, Aaron? I'll give you 50K right now cash. And some people have a lot, like a lot of these rappers, they've never seen 5K in cash. Yeah. So 50K, oh dude, I'll do, I'll sign all my rights away right now. Yeah. Give them the 50K and then they promote the shit out of you. Now they're going to really milk you, make that 50K and more. So a lot of these huge artists that are out there, a lot of them are super broke mm -hmm. because they sign super young without knowing anything, without entertainment attorneys looking over. Now they'll be like, hey, we're going to sign you for 50K or 100K. You think it's, oh my God, 100K, I'm going to be set. They're giving you an advance of 100K. Mm -hmm. That's all you're getting. It's, you're, That's the advance. cap of what you can't make. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, they're like a bank. They're letting you borrow 100K. You go and you blow it on chains. You blow it on this, this. So you got to recoup that 100K, pay them back, and then they get residuals and then you keep a little they give you like spotify it's like every thousand streams is like seven cents yeah so all they're getting all their money back plus more and they don't they'll give you like crumbs of it so at the time i didn't know much about all that stuff and this is when i learned about publishing so what they'll do is you write a song they love it they come and they pick it up and they it's called the sync so they'll post they'll put it in commercials on ads on on tv shows but all the money that they're getting from that, they, the publishing keeps it, but they're mm -hmm. paying you in advance so yeah. that they can use it. And they own the song now. So at the time, I'm just a 21-year-old hungry artist. And I, I would do it again if I had to because I just wanted to. Be, that's the only way I learned how to, to go through that. Exactly. So I do a publishing deal. They tell me, hey, we'll, we'll give you 1000 bucks." And I'm like, oh, dude, I've never made money off. I've made money off shows, but I've never made money off my songs. Like, this is the yeah, first time exactly. a publishing company wants to buy a song. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I end up selling a song to them. They get it. 
they give me the thousand bucks. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And then like two weeks later, we're all done to Cheney email me and the guys, the boys, the girls and them. And they're like, hey, we just landed an NBC radio. Yeah. Like you guys are going to, there's, it's on my Instagram. If you scroll down on my Mayberry page, it's there. We were on national TV for a Bear Grylls commercial. It was like a 30 second spot. And the publishing company ended up making from NBC like 25K mm. to use that Very song easy. for a minute. Yeah. And I got $1,000 because it was aired. Yeah. So that's how it works. And there's a lot of deals that go on like that. And, and I wouldn't have known that unless I went through it. So it, thank God I had the guys from Boys Like Girls as guidance because they would teach me like, hey, this. And, and to me, they would tell me like, dude, that's still good. Like yeah. your song's on NBC. Like you're going to get more fans because of that. But at the same time, you got to be able to weigh out the options because next time I can cut out the publishing company and go direct, just exactly. me and them. It almost happened about a year and a half ago. Another story is I connected with Dana White mm. from the UFC and he's, he's friends with my brothers and I now because one day I just sent him a mess telling myself, I would tell them the same thing. Dude, I'm going to, I can see myself being homies with Dana White. Yeah. And it sounds crazy. People would be like, what the... And I wouldn't tell them much. Just me and my brothers are always together. And we'd watch the fights. And I'd be like, dude, watch. I'm going to get him to listen to my music. Watch, watch, watch. So one day I, I hit him up. He replies, follows me. And I'm like, oh my God. So I message him, hey, I know you guys are coming to Dallas. If you ever need any D-list celebrities, like, make me a joke. Hit me up and we'll go out. And he goes, you got... He replies, oh, you got it, bro. How many tickets do you need? Awesome. I'm like, oh, shit. Give me three. He's like, okay, cool. I'll hook you up with my uh, assistant. We'll fly you guys out. You guys can sit in my section. Mm. So then that happens. And then he ends up liking a song that I have called uh, On Top of the World. Mm. So then they have a show, like, building up to the UFC fights. Yeah. That's called, uh, uh, what's it, Primetime, I think? Something like, like the UFC, that, yeah. yeah. Something like that. The Countdown. So then the producer of Countdown reaches out to me without a publishing company. And they go, hey, would you, we want to use your song. Dana showed it to us. If we use it, we'll cut you guys and your producer. You guys get 5K off the top using 30 yeah. seconds of the song. I'm like, dude, let's do it. In the end, they ended up choosing, the, I guess the network had picked another song already, so they went with that. But just knowing that you can get away with different versions of, without needing the middleman, because sometimes you don't need the middleman at all. If you go direct to the people, make a Patreon, or you're putting out songs, or you're making YouTube videos, yeah. sometimes you don't need a middleman. Keep more money to the self. Instead of paying other people, that you can do the same job they're doing. And there's no need to give them yeah. a percentage of anything because mm -hmm. you can just do it on your own. Well, dude, you, you have no idea how many fucking sponsorships I've turned down for the fitness stuff mm -hmm. because it's like, dude, basics is blowing up kind of thing, like relative to what we've been able to do. Yeah. It's like, bro, why? My, my mother actually just texted me recently, bro. My mom texted me like, hey, uh, do you have any sponsorships coming kind of thing? Like mm -hmm. you should get sponsored because we just had an article get published. And I was like, nah, like why am I going to let someone, someone else profit off my house? Uh, yeah. Because... It's just one of those things, man, like the, the direction that we're going. It's like, I don't want to get sponsored. I want to sponsor somebody else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I feel you on that one. So I, I kind of want to talk about your top three tips to help guys get unstuck in their life, man. Cool. And what kind of stuck? People who are just kind no of direction, kind of looking for something, depressed. Kind of depressed. Guys that are overweight. Guys that aren't getting girls, so on and so forth. Dude, and I've been in all those stages. Yeah, man. One thing you really got to do, or what, what helped me, it just... Get, keep yourself grounded. Make, mm. Sometimes you get success so fast or you'll get money fast and stuff you manifest and your head gets big. Yeah. 
And then sometimes, like I said, there's high highs and there's super lows. And whenever you go up, everything comes down. 100%. And whenever you're down, you can always go up. Exactly. So keep yourself grounded, remind yourself, and be grateful of the stuff you have. Because it's so easy to look at things and be like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have this. Mm. But you gotta, it's all about perspective. You've got to be able to feel grateful and thankful and blessed in the stuff that you do have because there's yeah. there's always somebody somewhere doing better than you mm. but there's always somewhere somewhere some somebody somewhere doing worse yeah. and wish and they look at you and they're like man i wish i can have what he has exactly. or i wish i could be motivated like this guy is mm-hmm. so it's all about perspective you got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like hey right now i'm i'm down bad but it won't be like this for long as long yeah. as i'm taking steps to get there and improve because if you don't do anything, you're always going to feel depressed. You're 100%. always going to be over if you don't do anything about it. Yeah. So you got to be able to take action, be real with yourself, mm. keep a close circle of friends who are going to be real with you. Because it's so easy to have a bunch of yes men. Yeah. And you get caught up in that lifestyle where like, you know what, mm. I'm going to drink. Or yeah. some people do drugs or I'm going to do this and this. And you're surrounded by people who are not going to, you need somebody to check you mm. and check yourself because you can, people can tell you things all day, but if in your head, you're telling yourself, I'm good, just keep doing it. And I've been there where like people are be like, hey man, you're kind of fucking up or yeah. don't be doing this, don't be. And in your head, mm-hmm. you're like, I can control it, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But deep down, you're still fucking up. Yeah. And you gotta be able to make that mental switch and be like, you know what, I'm gonna be real with myself, I am fucking up. I gotta exactly. make a change right now mm-hmm. because like the movie Rocky says, bro, there is no tomorrow. 100%. And if you keep pushing, for tomorrow, tomorrow, it's never going to get there. Because exactly. you always have an excuse, a built-in excuse to be like, I'll start later. Mm. Or next week, you know what? I'm not drinking for exactly. sure. Starting Monday, though, I'm going to get fucked up tonight. Mm. But Monday, I'll be good. You got to be able yeah. to start it right now. Don't make any excuses. And be real with yourself. Have close friends and family who are going to check you. And just get after it. Yeah. Because if you don't get after it, nobody's going to do it for you. 100%. You always want to live a boring, regular not doing anything unmotivated, uninspired life, then just sit there. 100%. Like, don't do shit. But if you really want to get after it and you really want to make a change, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I surround myself with people who are winners with a winner mindset, yeah. who are going to want, who want to do better. Exactly. And that's what you have to do. If, if you don't want to do that, then you can as, watch as many fucking YouTube videos as you want, bro. <laughs> you can watch motivational shit all fucking day long, but if you don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. then what's the point? Exactly. Yeah, action is the only thing that really matters in this world. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that because now we can actually have a conversation that most people really don't talk about, which is winning. Yeah. Because I, I remember when I started first getting success, uh, it was tough for me to handle because no one ever taught me how to win yeah. kind of thing. So for me, it's like I just never learned how. And one of the big things that I learned, I'm sure you can uh, understand this too, because I, I remember starting to win and I started self-sabotaging myself. I would come up on three grand. I would come on up on five grand, whatever the case may be. And this is like completely self-generated kind of thing. I'm just like, dude, I would fucking start getting all this stuff. And then really what I ended up coming to the conclusion with was how to win. And that's pretty much to one, be gracious, like soak it in because sometimes you can take it for granted. Oh, for sure. It's like, oh, you do this. It's like you break a record in a day, you break a record in a month. And it's just like, whatever, whatever. Two steps to handle handling victories. First, you got to soak it in, be grateful for it and just be happy. And secondly, you want to move the goalpost because that's how you continue making progress. Mm -hmm. So the way you want to think about it is say you're running a race kind of thing. It's, It's a hundred meter dash. You would run that race. And then say you win, awesome. Now go ahead and take that cone and then pick it up on another 100 meters. And then from yeah. there, you can kind of walk back, make your plan is how you're going to sprint, how you're going to go. And then you sprint again. And then you win that race again. And then after that, you go walk the goalpost again another 100 meters. 
and you walk back, you come up with a game plan, you keep on going. And that's how you make progress. Oh, yeah, dude, that makes sense. What's the lowest you've been, and how did you get out of that? Lowest, man, I can actually tell you all about it. Uh, I was doing some things I shouldn't have been doing to keep a PG, and uh, pretty much I was in my bedroom. And this was right before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening, actually, it was during the pandemic. And let me tell you all this story, because thankfully I can say it on camera. Uh, this is actually perfect timing, man. Thank you for asking yeah. that. I remember when the pandemic hit, right? I had, uh, I had no friends, I wasn't going out, I was overweight, I was depressed, I was watching a whole bunch of pornography, mm -hmm. I was smoking some weed, I was drinking drinks, I was popping pills from medication, yeah. everything, terrible yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when it came down to it, uh, when social distancing came in, bro, nothing changed for me. Oh, <laughs> so people yeah. were saying like, yeah, isolate yourself inside of your home. Uh, don't talk to your friends, like no, nothing. Like I'm doing that shit already. Dude, nothing changed for me, <laughs> yeah. nothing changed for me. Yeah, so yeah. then I saw everyone else complaining like, man, I can't, this is crazy, this is, ter this is terrible, whatever, whatever. My lifestyle didn't change at all. Like literally nothing changed for me. Like I wasn't going to the gym, I wasn't stepping outside of the house anyways. The only difference was that I wasn't going to school in person. Mm. I just stayed inside. Cause it, and that's what I did anyways, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So then I kind of realized like, shit, man, if something, something's wrong here, cause it's like nothing changed for me during this time. So then what I ended up coming to the conclusion for was uh, I remember just kind of trying to build myself up and trying to go from there. I ended up buying something like an actual substance. I don't want to talk about it, mm -hmm. but it was, it was a psychedelic. For, uh, fuck it, it's LSD. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, bought some, I bought some LSD from around here. I know my mom's going to see this. I'm sorry, mama, but my, my methods work. Okay, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up uh, taking this thing at the time and I started tripping out kind of thing. Yeah. And I started realizing like, I had this crazy trip, and I've never told anyone this story. I, I, I doubted myself a lot. I was oh, making yeah. music at the time, and I was doubting myself, and I didn't think I was worthy. I wasn't really successful in anything at all. I wasn't getting the girls I wanted. I was hung up on memories. Or just, I was a mess mentally kind of thing. Yeah. And I had this trip when I was in my bathroom, in my mother's room, or not my mother's room, in my bedroom, in my mother's home, where I saw all my family lineage kind of thing. I saw my mother. I saw like my bloodline. I saw my community. I saw indigenous people more so than anything else. And this was a trip, so it was like yeah, an actual yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I saw like indigenous people like lifting me up and trying to help me out. And I realized like, dude, this is gonna sound crazy, but it's like, man, you're not, you're, your lifestyle is bigger than you. It's for your genetic legacy kind of thing. Oh yeah. Like your actual genetics mm -hmm. are like, you're supposed to be leading it kind yeah, of Yeah, you're carrying the name. And it was, the funny thing was, is that happened. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do it for me. It's not just me, but it's even the valley. It's, it's everyone else. Cause it's like, if you let your light shine as bright as possible, it's bigger than you kind of thing. And yeah. I started just like, okay, I remember sitting down to make music. And I told myself at the time when I was on acid kind of thing, like, if you don't make anything fire right now, you got to give up music because like, you got to figure something out because nothing's moving. Yeah. I'm couldn't even put pen to the paper oh, at the time. Shit. And I remember just being depressed, being sad. I was like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And at that moment, I kind of knew it was like, something's got to change for me. Yeah. So following that, I had bought a dating course maybe like a month or two before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. I bought this dating course for like 500 bucks from one of my now buddies, quote unquote, but he, he was like one of my mentors initially. Yeah. And I got it off a webinar. So I was on YouTube and then he's like, hey, do you want to learn how to get more girls? I'm like, <laughs> dude, I remember I was at Dairy Queen too. So uh, I was at Dairy Queen. I got this big old fucking blizzard. Uh, and then I was, I, was on, I was watching YouTube in my truck. In my truck. I got the ad, like, you want to learn how to get more girls and make, brainwash them for instance for you? Oh, shit. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> kind of oh, yeah. Eating the blizzard. So, dude, I click it. I watch this webinar kind of thing. And then I bought the little thing for, like, 500 bucks. And the thing is, I had to choose between either getting the course for 500 bucks or save, continuing save, 
save up like a, a couple hundred dollars extra for a MacBook that I wanted. Uh, it's the same MacBook that I have today, believe it or not. Dang, so there was yeah. this MacBook that I wanted that was like 3600 I had 3400 because I borrowed some money from the university for, for financial aid. Yeah. And I was like, man, let me just get this course because like, I had nothing to lose. Yeah. So I got the course and I saw this, the, the mentor person go from like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. He has 270 subscribers right now on YouTube. Oh, dang. So it, that not only showed me that it was possible to grow from a certain place on YouTube, but it, it showed me that normal dudes can do it also. Cause oh, yeah, for sure. the thing is how he sold me. And the reason I say dude all the time is because there was a whole bunch of people in that subsector of YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll shut the man out since it's going to be on YouTube. Guys like AMS out there, um, Steph is cold, uh, Mr. Lucario, so on and so forth. And these guys are all, um, MJ Get Right, whatever the case may be. Kevin Samuels, these guys are all great. Yeah. The only thing is that I couldn't relate with them with is because they were African-American. Yeah, I love yeah. them. Uh, I love everybody with yeah, like yeah. that. But they're like, yeah, like when you're in the projects, this, when you're in the, pro like, I, I can't relate with that. I grew up yeah. in a nice household. Yeah, yeah. But then there was this white guy and everyone's probably going to know once I say that. Um, I remember just, it was like, he just said the word dude one day. I was like, oh, I can, I can resonate with this guy. Yeah, and yeah, his yeah. values actually aligned with my values really well too. Oh, hell yeah. And then the funny part about that is that as I got the course in the pandemic and then I had the whole acid trip and I realized I wasn't going to do anything. Uh, the funniest thing happened because I was still listening to some of those guys' advice. And while it's good for some people that just want to kind of like do whatever with their life, uh, I kind of realized he, uh, some of those guys will set you up to be in the top 20% of guys, 10% of guys, 5% of guys. But the guy that I got the course from, which I was already invested into, yeah. his whole thing is like being the 1% of guys. Oh, hell yeah. So the thing is, I was, taking, I was listening to some of those advices for, for like, because it was, it was easier to get into. Mm -hmm. But then when I listened to this other guy, I was like, oh, I got to, it, it made me up-level myself up so much more. Yeah, because yeah. it's like these other guys will teach you how to smash two girls in a day kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. This guy will show you how to be like an actual virtuous man and like yeah. be able to lead your household in the better. future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So what I ended up realizing was like when you, when you really want to change, you have to consolidate your information from a single source. Because what people go wrong, some of the guys listening to this also, they will get a book from 20 different authors. Right? They'll listen to five different YouTubers. They'll have 20 different mentors, and they're freaking scrambled. Yeah, I always yeah. tell people that when I was the most successful, and when I became the most successful, I just started listening to one person. And you just have to figure out who that person is for yeah, you. Yeah. Whether it's me, if you're watching this podcast or listening to the podcast, only listen to me. I'm not saying that because my advice is better than any other people, but it's like figure out who your values align with more than anything else. You know, and just go from there. Because otherwise, you're going to be hearing, just like I was with the dating stuff, yeah. These guys are saying to, just for lack of a better term, pump and dump girls kind of thing. Yeah. Some guys are saying you should never be married. It's like that's something I want in the future kind yeah. of thing. And then some guys are saying, uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, so who, who do I actually align with? And let me listen to them. Yeah. And for me, that was, that was one of my mentors. I'm not big in a name dropping, but I pretty much gave it to y'all. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was actually his birthday today. I, oh, yeah? I have his personal cell phone number. Oh, that was It's just a blessing, dude. bro. Like, it's just oh, when yeah. you have people like that in your circle that are winning, and it's just it keeps you pumped up yeah it keeps yeah. you motivated for sure and how did how did that course help bro it, it taught me a lot it not only taught me stuff about the dating stuff but it taught me about the and the thing is when i got that course i felt like it was an admission of defeat when really when you're reaching out for help that's more of a sound sign of strength more than anything else yeah dude i've been there so it's like people will think like oh yeah i have to get a fitness program yeah i have to get a dating course or a life coach or whatever I'm weak. That's like yeah. I'm down that you don't bad. I need your yeah. I need Bro, your help. Instead, it's the opposite. It's the opposite because yeah. the people that are really weak are the ones that are stuck that don't reach out for help. And they're they stubborn and like yeah, I don't need your help. Yeah. I don't need your help, and they just keep taking help. It's, yeah, I feel you. There's two types of men in this world. The first person, he has a goal, he has a dream, and something he really wants to accomplish in life. But he lets fear 
get in the way and ultimately stop him from achieving his full potential. Mm -hmm. The second person, he has a goal, he has a dream, and something he really wants to accomplish in life too. But the difference is that when he feels that fear, he pushes through it like a brick wall. He comes out the other side like a champion. Oh yeah, dude. The funny thing is that the only thing that separates the first person and the second person is their response to fear. The first person stops, yeah, the second person keeps going. After it. Yeah. It's crazy when you break it down in that manner. So really what I learned from that course was not only that, but another story, which if you all want to know the secret to changing your life, it's this one thing right here for everyone in this room too. When I was in my bedroom, I was just about to uh, make the change and transition from Mr. Like rapper kind of person into uh, like an online coach. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, it was just like, it was a seed of thought in my head. I had my iPad open, right? So I had the camera open on my desk. And I remember as I was going on, um, in short, I was looking at myself and I had a whole bunch of negative self-talk going on. I was looking at myself like, man, you're overweight, you're fat, you're ugly, whatever, whatever. And this was like after a period of five years of me just having that going on over and over and over. Yeah. One day I decided when I was looking in the mirror, I was like, what if you just change that? Like, what if you just like change? And then I started, instead of looking at the glass half full or half empty, I looked at half full. Half full. That day I was a freaking 210. I was like, Bro, you want to have some motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> so I started yeah, talking about myself positive. Mm. And I was like, man, well, that feels good. And I get, I got start building confidence. You feel better about yourself. It's just the way you talk about yourself, bro. Yeah. So after that, I was like, man, let me go to the gym kind of thing. So I went to the gym. I only talked good about myself. I felt good. Even though I looked the exact same as I did the day before, my energy was different. And that's crazy because the self-talk is the one voice you hear nonstop. Yeah. So I've been there where all it is is negative. Exactly. You look bad. Your hair's messed up. You look fat. You look ugly. You look, mm. I don't, whatever. But I've been there when all day it's just negative, negative, negative. From when you wake up, look at yourself. Like, I wouldn't even want to look at myself in the mirror because mm. automatically my brain knew to tell myself something bad. And yeah. sometimes, like later on, it, it motivated me to keep going or to push harder. But sometimes it just puts you down. Like, you know what? Yeah. Why even dress up? I do look like shit. Or yeah. I do look fat let me not dress up nice mm. but once you switch that you start building up confidence like dude get down at the store like you're a handsome dude yeah. like girls are gonna like you once you start pushing in that positive direction confident direction and you change your self-talk you feel better all around exactly you can't always be putting yourself down it, it comes down to your self-talk meaning like how are you speaking about yourself and it's also your self-identity yeah. Meaning, like, if you view yourself as a hustler, which is a part of my identity, mm -hmm. if I'm not hustling, I feel out of place. Yeah. So really what's, like, you really what you want to do is you don't want to be someone who's trying to get their shit together. Yeah. You want to be someone who has their shit, shit together. together. Yeah. So when you, have, when you can become that person, it's like things start lining up because what, where a lot of people go wrong is people that stay stuck and identify with being stuck inside of their head, they will then strive to be, be, be more in order. Yeah. Right? But the, the thing is that since the inside of their head they're stuck and they're frustrated and they're lonely or whatever, that's their mental route of default. That's their default route. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, as they try to get better, they're always going to revert back to where they are. Yeah. Versus the person who has their shit together, whenever they stir off track, they feel like shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the other yeah. person, it's like they feel more uncomfortable striving for greatness. The person who's actually winning feels uncomfortable when he's not to the letter dialed in. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? So Makes I, sense, dude. I know you mentioned the dating stuff, so I want to talk about dating as a guy that's got their shit together. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, in terms of, like, some things that, some requirements, because sometimes when you're a guy, you, you can look at the look at the exterior, the shapes can be there, the, the you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> but in terms of, like, so, some traits that you look in, look for in girls, man, like, 
what, what do you have, have down for a girl that can fit your life? Because I'm sure you're the kind of guy that wants the compliment to your life, not the focus of your life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? It Break would it be somebody who's going to be loyal yeah. and understanding. Understanding with time is one of the biggest things because I think I'm busy right now. Yeah. I'm not even at my prime. Exactly. Imagine in the next 10 years, it's just <laughs> going to be work all day. So you need somebody who's still going to motivate you, be there by your side, be loyal, and be understanding with your job. Yeah. Right now, I've been single for the past year and a half because I just don't have, I don't have that focus to give my attention and time to a girl when that's kind of selfish to be like, you know what, I'll make you my girlfriend, but I don't really care about you at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're going to be to the side. Mm-hmm. I'll do, whenever I want to, I'll not use you, but I'll go out with you. Mm-hmm. As, as, I don't think that's fair to yeah. somebody right now. If we're going to go out to eat and just hang out, then yeah, that's cool. But you got to understand that right now, I'm not at the point where I'm going to get marry you or hang out with you or spend my whole weekends with you because I'm busy. When I'm not working at, at my family's, I'm with my dad's, I'm with my brother's, I'm doing the music, I'm trying mm-hmm. to work out in the gym with my dog. Like there's, I'm, right now I'm a little too selfish. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say I'm dating, but I, I see different girls. We go out to eat, but I'm also not looking for somebody to be right there by my side right now because my yeah. focus isn't there. My focus is work. My focus is work with my brothers on that side. My focus is music, mm-hmm. working out, chilling out. More on myself. Right now, I, 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 it's going to sound corny, but I'm dating myself right now. Gotcha. Like that's, as long as I feel good, I feel like I look good, I'm doing the best I can, getting better every day. Like That's my main concern and my main focus right now is just me feeling good and being good to the people around me Mm. i don't have the energy and the time right now to give it to one girl yeah or take her out to eat whenever she wants i'll i'll go out and i'll I'll have a great time with different girls all the time but it right now to tie myself down to one girl i don't have that time that kind of time or energy to do that right now so as long as you have options open that's a big one yeah you want to have options you don't ever want to be that simp guy yeah. who's going to be there begging for a girl to hang out with him. No, no, no. You want to, okay, you can't go. Well, if I'm not doing anything, I'll ask this one or I'll ask exactly. this one. You don't want to be a player either because yeah. you don't want to go breaking girls and ruin your reputation because mm. you can ask any of my ex-girlfriends or girls that I've dated and I, I'm, I, hopefully they don't hate me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they all have something <laughs> good to say about me, dude. Like it's not going to be, oh, I hate this guy, he's a piece of shit, because yeah. I just, I don't give off that vibe, I'm not an asshole. Mm. I've done some things that I regret and that are fucked up. But I know overall, I would say I'm a, I'm a good dude, like, mm-hmm. you know me, my, my family. I, I wouldn't have you on the podcast, but that's yeah, a piece yeah, of shit, Yeah, like, bro. I'm not a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, as long as you keep your reputation good, and you're a good man, you have good yeah. intentions, and a, you want to help the girl grow, too, and keep mm-hmm. her mindset that's on huge. point. Yeah. yeah, like, as long as you guys are growing together, everything's going to be good. 100%. What about you, man? In terms of girls, man, one of the big things for me is uh, trying to stay away from women that still have some unresolved trauma. Oh, yeah, that's a big kind one. Kind of thing that's huge because the thing is that sometimes when you are a man that's on your mission and your purpose, and especially guys like us who have like a pro, pro for lack of a better word, like pro, I don't even know the word, kind of like a leaning, like experience with darkness. Yeah, yeah, To yeah. put it that mm-hmm. way, right? So sometimes like when you have experience with darkness and you've healed yourself, sometimes the, the scab is still there. Because yeah, the thing yeah, is, yeah. like, it, when, whenever you have darkness, it's never, like, fully healed. Mm-hmm. You celebrate the, the wound closing. Because before, it was, like, profusely bleeding. Yeah. And then whenever it closes kind of thing, 
It's like freaking Mads has been filming forever. I keep on picking at this freaking thing on my forehead. He's, mm-hmm. he's pissing me off. He's yeah. edited it out like three weeks in a row. Oh, shit. <laughs> but <laughs> to get back to Earth, bro, I keep on picking at it. But the thing is, at one point, it was freaking super bleeding, and then it heals up. So this is very similar to how, how darkness is for guys. It never just like completely heals. Like mm-hmm. it's never like completely smooth. Yeah. It's just, it's always there kind of thing. Yeah. So what I always tell people is like, if you're, you're a guy and you are dating a girl that has that darkness, sometimes she's picking at that scab. Yeah. And before you know it, she, that freaking thing opens up again and you're trying to fix her, but then you're also hurt at the Hurting same time. Yeah. So the thing is that sometimes when you start separating yourself from a girl that has a lot of trauma and baggage, you're, you're, you trying to guard your energy comes across as negligence and hurtful to her because as she's struggling and she's going through her pain, you're trying to make sure that your energy is getting protected at the same time. Yeah. And when she thinks that she needs you the most and you're going away because you're trying to protect yourself just because you know that your scab can open up at any time, yeah. it can seem her like hurtful. So my big thing is like staying away from women that have unresolved trauma. Nothing wrong with it. I hope every person out there gets their help, male or female. And the thing is that if you're someone that that uh, I'm not saying having trauma is bad. I'm saying having unresolved Resolved, trauma yeah. is bad kind of thing. Because everyone goes through something. The second one is is feminine fucking beauty, bro. Because my, my, not, not even, not like feminine energy. Yeah. Because, bro, I'm so fucking driven sometimes I can't help it. Having that sweetness, bro, having that, those cuddles, having those forehead yeah, kisses, yeah. having that energy is just like, it balances me out to such a degree that's like, that's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I then following you. that, being, having, being with a girl that doesn't, uh, that doesn't disrespect men which is yeah. a big thing and i hate yeah, to put it that one. way but it's like uh, i've known several girls even because i'll be honest man i made like a hinge profile recently mm-hmm. just to have it automated bro i'm doing a business so i'm gonna it's like okay fucking 30 minutes a day you hinge? swipe hinge yeah because center's kind of ratchet bro i'll be honest with you i've never uh, being honest i've never had a dating app I'm, i've deleted it recently bro. i've it's never known what it's like to be like on tinder and bro stuff. i used to waste all my fuck. i used to get like 40 dollars a week from my parents when i was bad, when i was broke yeah, yeah, yeah. and depressed I would spend 20 of that every single month on the Tinder gold thing when I was oh, overweight. Dang. And then recently I was like, man, should I download these? The only one I downloaded was, was Hinge, uh, just because supposedly the reputation is better kind of thing. But dude, I ended up getting it. And one of this girl, she, she was kind of fine. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that she ended up saying something like, I hate men. And I was like, yo, how the uh, fuck are you going to... Yeah. You know, like, you lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> you like, the girls? Was... That's cool, but you probably got to fix your profile because you, you guys are showing yourself to me. You know yeah, I mean? dude. So that, and then last, last but not least, understands that if she wants a man like me in this stage of my life, mm. it's quality over quantity. Yeah. One of the big things I learned in my last relationship was that when I was hustling, 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 I was thinking about work when I was with my previous girl. So mm. the thing is, I was, when I was with her, I wasn't really present. Yeah. So now I made that, hopefully you can feel it. I'm, I'm, it was a huge mistake that I made on my part. I've been there, yeah. Regarding not being present with relationships, whether yeah. that's your, your family, your friends, whatever yeah. the case You're there, be. but you're not really there. Yeah. So yeah. what I kind of had to realize was like, okay, even some of the girls that I've been speaking with now say, hey, I'll set the boundaries now. Like if I didn't do that initially because when I met my last girl, we were, uh, we were college students and I was making X amount and I started making more than my professors and I was like, oh, let me just not go to school anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is she met me as a college student and then I ended up changing up and becoming this entrepreneur kind of thing. So she, she didn't, it just kind of outgrew each other. Yeah, but what I realized is that now with some of these other girls that I've been speaking with that have been coming to me, um, I've been telling them up front. It's like, hey, look, if you want quantity, you want to spend every single day with me. I can't give that, give you that. But I can promise you that, like, if something figures out and you, you prove yourself to me a little bit more, I can give you quality. Like, I'll be with you and I'll be present, yeah. and I'll, I'll be the man that you need me to in, in that moment. But I can't give you every single waking hour of the day. 
I can't give you as many messages as you want. Yeah, you know I mean? dude, makes sense, man. So, and how did you? Uh, what advice would you give people who are getting over a heartbreak? Biggest advice I can give you is to is to do things that fuel you up, not tear you down. Uh, there's so many things that I probably could have done with with uh with the situation that happened quite recently, kind of thing. I could have definitely freaking drank a whole bunch. I could have definitely smoked a whole bunch. I could have. Um, you got on Tinder and swipe right on every, anything that moves yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. then go, go from there. But I, I decided to just like, man, let me just get back to basics, pun intended, and do what fills me up. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you're a man of purpose and a man of vision, uh, to put it simply for you guys that feel a little bit lonely, females are abundant. Yeah. You know, it's like when you, when you really know what you're doing, when you take care of yourself, when you do this, when you do that, you can Low pretty come. much... Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? That's the best way to put it. So I always tell people when I was the most stuck with dating, I wanted girls the most. At this stage in my life where I'm just focusing on, on hanging out with the boys or whatever and the filming content, serving my guys a business, they come to you. I feel you. So it's the difference between like, like chasing after a dog versus being a Chased magnet. Chasing the dog. <laughs> being a magnet. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes it's, it's just true. As long as you're working on yourself and improving your lifestyle and the way you look and the way things are working out and showing that you're mm -hmm. grinding and things, they're gonna they're gonna be attracted to that. Yeah. Girls are not gonna be attracted to not not to put anybody down, but nobody's. If you don't, if you're you not doing it, anything, you gotta tell them, bro. Yeah, tell dude. Them. If you're not doing anything and you have all these dreams and ambitions, like it's it's great to be ambitious, but if you're not mm -hmm. doing anything about it, then dude, don't do it. Girls are not mm -hmm. gonna flock to you if you're not doing yeah. anything I got it's 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 sad to say but girls sometimes girls go after the money if you don't have no money they're gonna go for your looks if you don't got the looks then dude you're screwed man. <laughs> you're and, and you can get the looks just start working yeah. it out start making healthier choices yeah. don't drink every weekend like you're used to don't party don't smoke every weekend yeah. i've been that guy where i drink every weekend i've been the guy who overeats and i think oh well now i can't get any girls I'm single, I'm depressed, I can't make, for, like, you can change all that, you just got to change your mindset, yeah. and you can, you can look better, you can always look better, feel better, and be better, 100%. so why not do it? And I got to tell y'all something right now, because potential can only take you so far, eventually yeah. you're going to have to have results to show for it in this, yeah. in this game of life, is when you're younger, like 18 to 22, it's, it's cool to have potential, but then at one point in your life, you have to be kind of pissed off when people say that you can be something. Yeah. Because it's oh, like that sure. you're just reassuring yourself that you're not there. Yeah, oh yeah so for sure, for sure. When I was younger, it was like, yeah, man, I swear you can be successful. Yeah, man, I swear you can probably do this one day. And I started getting pissed off. Like now when someone tells me that, I know they mean it with good intentions. And I know that the, the direction that we're going in is really, really bright. Compared to where we're going, it's like, oh, yeah, like eventually something's going to happen. But I get kind of pissed off, Loki. It's like, oh, let me show you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can be successful one day. It's like, fuck that. I want it right now. Doing it now. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I feel you. I've always been that chip on my shoulder type underdog since yeah. high school, bro. I came from a Catholic middle school, went to mm -hmm. high school with no friends, didn't know anybody. Yeah. Had library for lunch my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Couldn't make any sports because I didn't play in middle school. Tried out for basketball, soccer, baseball, football. None of them. Mm -hmm. Even tried out for choir, bro. I'm a singer. Tried yeah. out for choir, and they told me no. So I've always had that chip on That's my shoulder. Crazy, like, you know dude. what? One day choir? I'll do this one. Yeah, dude. They, they said no. Dude, so, I got to tell you a quick, quick one about that. Guess which class I almost failed out of. You'll, you'll fucking laugh. Public speaking. 
Oh, shit. I did that shit all day, bro. I was going to say speech. <laughs> I did that shit all day. Seriously. And actually, funny thing about that, too. I had a speech impediment when I was a kid. Oh, really? Bro, until like, until like fourth grade. I can say my R's because I think my, I, I, my mother's a sweetheart kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So she used to baby talk me. So uh, instead of saying Aaron, like my name, Edwin. Edwin. <laughs> so he used to say all my R's like that. So I was like, hey, my name's Edwin. <laughs> oh, you would say, you would I would say like, Edwin. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, dude. But it's just funny, man, sometimes. Just, just to let you all know, whatever. Uh, one, one, of, one, one thing I heard a long time ago is that you never fail a course or you never not make a team. You just fail the, the material or like that teacher's interpretation of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, dude, if you freaking couldn't get in the choir and you're doing what you're doing, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, dude. Michael Jordan didn't make his freaking freshman year basketball team or something like that. You oh, know? So yeah, it happens all the time. But that just gives you more fire and more of that underdog mentality. But you never mm. want to be... How do you say it? You never want to be have hatred towards yeah. people. You want to use it as motivation. Like, well, when I get there, you yeah. don't want to be like, when I get there, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, fuck all you guys. Yeah. Like, me, it's more like, when I do it, I'm going to prove people right mm-hmm. that believed in me. Like that. Instead of proving people these motherfuckers wrong. Because they don't matter anyway. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit if exactly. this guy's hating on you? You know what? I'm going to make it. I'm going to make all this money. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'd rather do all, make the money and prove these people right. Because there's always going to be people... Whether they tell you or not, they believe in you. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's going to be people who pretend they believe in you, but they're praying for something to happen to your downfall all the time. Yeah. So you got to be, stay with the positive, dude. There's no reason ever to be with a negative crowd mm-hmm. or trying to prove people wrong the wrong way. Because I've been there too, where you're just like, man, fuck them. I'm going to prove them wrong. Fuck. Yeah. It's better to look at it the other way, like I said. Like, you want to prove your, the people right and prove the doubters wrong. 100%. And one of the things that I like what you mentioned right now is being the underdog kind of thing because oh, yeah. one of the big one of the biggest mistakes that an underdog can make mm-hmm. is thinking he's a top dog and then oh. laying out the gas. So yeah, it really, yeah. it's like really you have to understand your position. That's been a big thing for me because as soon as I was like, man, like no one's like, no, no this, no this, no this, and then you start hustling and you get some success and then you become a top dog relative to where you were at. You still got to remember, no, bro, like remember your position. Like you weren't yeah, handed yeah. anything. Like you got this from the ground up. Yeah. And then you got to remind yourself, like, oh, okay. And then when you can tap back into the underdog mentality, even though you became top dog over time, you can then continue to win and win and win and win. Yeah, man. Success is meant to be built on top of not, uh, that's the best way. Success is meant to be built on top of. It's a, it's a new starting line. The finish line becomes a new starting line. Hell yeah, man. So then when you stop being depressed, what, what flipped the switch? Bro, How did I, you crawl out of that hole? You're the fucking man, bro, because thank you for mentioning that. Because here's what happened. Yeah. When I was doing that thing where it's like I realized, oh, shit, as, as soon as I had that iPad thing I was telling you about earlier and I had that really good day, I realized, bro, I just got to change my, my thoughts about myself. So I started reading some self-help books and just kind of just like engulfing myself in that world. And I decided, I, well, here's, the, here's the thing that really changed everything for me. I realized that the long way mm-hmm. is actually the shortcut. Meaning, think about it this way, right? The people that are looking for the short-term victories and the short-term successes and they're like their super quick transformation, the, these are the guys that are starting one diet one day, and then a week later they they quit. Yeah, right? yeah. And then that's, next month that's going to take longer over time. Bro, think about it because the thing is, these are the people that stay stuck for three, four years, kind of thing. And I realized, like, bro, if you just put pedal to the metal for four months and take the long way, the like the harder, more difficult way. That's four months compared to three years of being on and off of things. Yeah. So dude. once I realized, like, okay, let me, I just have to start where I'm at and build. Yeah. Bro, do you know, you know where I started? Uh, I started by having a fucking journal. And instead of me saying I'm going to become an overnight success, instead of me saying I'm going to get in 170 pounds when I was 210 pounds overnight, 
my first thing since I used to isolate myself all the time, and this mm -hmm. is where I literally started, walk outside of the house. Shit. Everything that I built right now started from me literally writing on a piece of paper, walk outside of the house. Dang. Following that, say hi to somebody. Yeah. Fucking uh, take care of yourself because I had to learn self-care. Because yeah. when I was just living out, it's like, bro, I wasn't shaving. I wasn't doing anything. I let my hair grow real long, whatever. And then I, I just remembered, like, that those were my things. It was like, fucking put on lotion. <laughs> like, yeah. put on baby powder. That's where I started. It was like, literally, step outside, put on lotion, put on baby powder, and have unwrinkled shirts Damn. kind of thing. That's where I started. And then as soon as those things become habits, in from those, I'm a big fan of to-do lists. Mm -hmm. And really what I did is, like, as soon as things become habits, you can remove them off your list. And the one thing... Ones. Exactly. So what I always tell people is like, you, you know that you're solving, the reason I, I think I even brought my journal here. I'm not going to show you all what's in here because we got some crazy stuff. Uh -huh. But I always tell people that you can judge your progress based on the problems that you're solving. Yeah. So it's like, look at the problems you were solving a year ago. And if they're of the same caliber, you stay the same. Yeah. Look at two years ago, if they're the same caliber, you stay the same. But like last year, I was thinking about how to pay rent. This year, I'm thinking about hires. Hell yeah, man. You know, so it's like, this was like, build SOPs for this or figure out how we're going to get this content thing and like the audio and video thing. <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. That's a bigger problem to solve than even a couple of years ago. Pay rent. You either pay rent and then the year before that, step outside. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So it's like really look at your to-do list over time and you can tell when, if you're, if you're that's really awesome, moving forward. That's Thank what's you, up. So in, in terms of some, some final regards, I, I want you to kind of leave the guys with one message. If you can talk to your old self, right now that was stuck 260 pounds and really depressed speak yeah. from the heart man like what would you tell that person because i'm sure there's someone out here listening that's 260 or not heavier oh yeah trying uh, to figure out how to get unstuck i would just tell myself and there's a a, a line that i live by impossible is nothing yeah like you can do and it sounds corny but you can do whatever you put your mind to yeah when i was stuck and thinking like man i'm i'm already this big or I'm so depressed I don't have a girlfriend you can't see a year in the future you're thinking about right now you're thinking about right now's feelings I feel like shit right now mm -hmm. I'm never gonna feel good again I'm never gonna be able to go to the store and be not feel insecure I'm, yeah. you gotta be able to think long term within the with the big picture because there's so many people who are sad broken depressed stressed fat unhappy mm -hmm. But they're not thinking in the big picture. Like, yeah. how do you want to feel in a year from now? Exactly. You want to be able to look back and be like, dude, I was 260. Look at me now. I was not doing shit, but now I'm getting shit done. But there's so many people who their emotions take over. And one thing that I think I'm great at and that I've learned to master. And not master because every day you're a white belt. You're yeah. always learning something new. But one thing I, I learned to control at a young age was being able to control your emotions. And I've always been a big in like, it's hard to piss me off. It's hard to get me mad. You always want to be in a good mood. If somebody says something that's going to piss me the fuck, I'm not going to get up and sock them. Or yeah. You just keep your composure, stay calm, stay cool. Think about it. And usually if somebody pisses you off in 20 minutes or an hour, or how, how am I going to feel this time tomorrow? If mm -hmm. I wake up and I'm still pissed off about it, then you address it. But if it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. So these people who are stuck and you feel worthless and you're not getting anything done dude you can always start right now you don't yeah. gotta wait so oh maybe next year well you know what i'll start when i lose 10 pounds i'll start mm -hmm. when i lose 
I'll start next week. I'll start when I get my membership. Yeah. I'll start when I get the new car because right now I don't. I, I can't. Mm. If you say you can't, you can't, you're you're never gonna be able to do it. Mm. Take that vocabulary out of your head. Yeah. Just start. Get after it, man. Because like I said, surround yourself with people who are winners, man. Like all my closest friends are winners, and you just gotta be able to be in that mindset. Go all go all in. All yeah. the time. You don't want to be half-assed. You know what? I'll start. Oh, I won't do cardio because you you still gotta you still gotta see yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and know before you go to sleep. Like, dude, you lied to yourself. You said you were gonna do mm-hmm. three miles, or you said you were gonna eat good today, and you didn't. Yeah. So you gotta be able to face yourself in the mirror. Be real with yourself, mm-hmm. and just start now because everybody can change. I've been that guy who's doesn't want to go out, stuck, depressed, sad. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's just the flip of the switch. You yeah. got to really want it because it's just like, let's just compare it to a drug addict and a parent wanting them to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get clean unless they flip the switch and exactly. want to get clean. You can send them to rehab 40 times, mm-hmm. but if they are telling them themselves, when I get out, I'm fucking smoking meth. Yeah. They're going to get out and smoke meth. Exactly. So you're not going to change until you're ready to change. And some mm-hmm. people, it takes longer. Some people, it's right away like you know what i fucked up or mm-hmm. you know what it's time to get up stop feeling sorry for yourself never do that don't don't make yourself don't belittle yourself and mm-hmm. don't ever uh uh be the victim that's the yeah. one thing don't fucking like nobody gives a fuck stop being the victim because at the end of the day you're by yourself in your room sad depressed mad mm-hmm. but nobody really gives a fuck so why the fuck even play victim? If, if, mm-hmm. if you don't give a... If somebody else doesn't give a fuck, why would you give a fuck? Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to flip that switch. Stop feeling sorry for yourself because it just makes you look more pathetic. Yeah. And I could say that only because I've been there. I've been the guy who wants to play the victim. It's like, dude, it's your fucking fault. Like, I like this energy yeah, too. Like, people don't get, fucking... Yeah, like that. stop being a victim. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Stop being a little bitch, basically, because I've been there. I've been, I, and you have to realize yeah. that shit. Like, dude, I wasted months trying to play the victim, trying to feel sorry for myself, being a whiny bitch. Mm. And, and ex- you have excuses all day, like, well, it's because I didn't go because I'm too depressed or I feel sad. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? Mm. Everybody is human. We all get depressed. We all get anxiety. We all, mm. but it's the people who just, fucking do it anyway and people who make excuses and that's the difference like some people are gonna get after it even if they feel sad Mm -hmm. i'm human dude there's some days where i get anxious as fuck and you just don't want to do anything but you got to be able to push through that mental barrier be like dude fuck this like keep fucking going there's days i get home from work i don't want to do shit Mm -hmm. but i know if i don't do shit i'm gonna feel like shit exactly so even if you feel tired drained sad you go to the fucking gym get after it because you Mm -hmm. told yourself in the morning hey i'm gonna get this done and if you, like I said, if you tell yourself things that you're not going to complete at the end of the day, then you're just fucking letting yourself down. 100%. And you're your biggest cheerleader, man. Mm-hmm. So if you're not rooting for yourself and motivating yourself, and you're, you're going to fuck yourself over. Exactly. Yeah, I want you all to keep in mind his energy right now. Because one thing I've noticed among six, seven, and even eight-figure entrepreneurs that I have in my network, they have a level of, of aggression. You know, it's one of those things that when I was growing up, uh, I was taught that aggression for whatever reason, was, was a bad thing, when really it's not. So really what I want you all to keep in mind right now is to just, again, if you want to go ahead and find out more information about Steve, I left all the socials below. The last thing I want to leave you all with is that winners and losers have the same goal. You know, you talk to someone who's losing in life, they're going to say they want to be successful. You talk to someone who's winning, they're going to say he wants to be successful. 
and it really just comes down to that one simple matter. So uh, get after it more than anything else. So thanks for hopping on today, yeah, guys. Brother. Thank you. And again, if you want to find out more information to see if or how you qualify to work with basics, please visit www.basicsbrigade.com to watch our free video training. It's about 20 minutes long, and we, you can learn a little bit more about my story and watch some testimonials. You can also book a free 15-minute call with me using one of the links below where you can actually hop on a call with me personally. And uh, if you're trying to get your shit together, the best place to start it with is your body. So get in great shape, watch your food, get in the gym, so on and so forth, and we can get you dialed in. So thank you all for listening. And again, if no one's told you in a minute, we'll tell you right now, it's time to get your shit together, man. See ya. Didn't wanna like it, but now I'm loving every day. I'm going mad, I'm going crazy. I want my flowers, I want my daisies. Yeah, I look good, so does my lady. They try to copy but can't imitate me. She wanna talk, she want relations. Money don't stop, we ain't separated. If I had a